We magnify your holy name this morning. We lift up your name for your God. May your name be exalted in this place. Be magnified, Lord. Be exalted. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. As we worship and glorify you this morning, we pray in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, you will receive the praise and the worship from this place. Even as your word is shared, we pray that your word will be the source of encouragement in our lives. For your word clearly declares, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thank you, Lord, that your right hand is righteous, your left hand is righteous, you are a God who is righteous. We magnify you this morning in moments and seasons that we live in as sons and children of men. We may call them unprecedented, but they are not unprecedented with you. Oh, you hold the whole world in your hands. Thank you that your presence is right here, right now. So we glorify you right here, right now. We pray that you receive the honor. We pray that you receive the praise. We pray that you receive the glory. Jehoshaphat at one time spoke to you and said, Are you not God in heaven? Are you not God on earth? And this morning we declare the same, that you are God in heaven. Your God on earth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So Lord we know that because we run to you. We are safe. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart be acceptable. In thy sight O Lord. My strength and my redeemer. In Jesus mighty name. We pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's get seated. Amen. I was saying to one of us, I said, so in the car we sat very close to each other. In church we sit very far apart. What kind of hypocrisy is this? (laughs) But anyway. Uh, they said social distancing, so we'll do that accordingly. Amen? Accordingly. But thank you so much for coming to church uh, today. And uh, as, as you heard me in the prayer, yes, the times may be called unprecedented, but they are not so with God. Amen? Our God is alive. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God is able to do great and mighty things and we can think of. He is alive. He rules. He, re- he reigns in the affairs of the children of men. Amen. He, his name is God. He doesn't change. And uh, he will never change. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you in church? <laughs> Are you, don't, don't be scared. The Lord is with us. Amen. It says, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, 
neither friends nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Amen? So that's God whom we serve. We continue with our series on God your heart. We started that last week. We continue today. God your heart. And uh, when, when I shared this last week, it was as if we knew that things are going to turn out the way they have turned out across the world, but also uh, in Malawi right now. And uh, we continue to pray for our land. We continue to pray for our nation. We continue to pray for the people in the nation. We know the Lord will pass or will, will make sure that it passes over us. Amen. Uh, I remember yesterday somebody was sharing about, okay, so Zimbabwe has declared, Zambia has declared, Tanzania has declared, and so I'm like, what are you trying to insinuate? No, we'll, we'll continue to pray that the Lord will be with us. He will protect us. We prayed yesterday when we came for the prayer service, Psalm 91, we declare it, well, we did declare it upon the church, upon our families, upon our children, upon our businesses the Lord will cover us with his presence. Of course, let us observe all the hygiene stuff. So let's wash our hands. Uh, let's avoid the greeting each other. Let's avoid all those other things that have been said. It's just sensible for us to do that. And let's not do some things uh, in the name of uh, faith because it may not be wise. Amen. So the things that need to be followed, let's follow them. But we put our trust in the name of the Lord. Amen. And uh, Psalm 125 clearly declares uh, those who put their trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. And the Bible, verse 2 says, As Lord, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. So the Lord keeps his people. And then later on in verse 3, it, it declares, says, The sector of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hand to iniquity. So we continue to pray that God will be with us in this time. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. It's uh, the scripture that... We are looking at last week, we read from verse 1 all the way, I think, to verse 10. And then later on, we went to verse 23. But I did mention that my main focus is on that verse 23. So that's what we are focusing on. New King James Version reads, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of of life. The tree of life vision says, guard your heart diligently, for from it flow the springs of life. Last week, I shared at the beginning of the service, as a matter of introduction, that um, while we do not choose the family we are born in and the family that we come on planet Earth through, one thing is that we make a choice of a belief system 
that we want to follow. And I said that the belief system actually is the second most important thing in our lives. When uh, you look at a group of people and when you look at uh, individuals, the way that they are going to fulfill their potential and uh, fulfill their purpose, maximize their potential, or fail to do that, is dependent on their belief system. So even this morning, why we are in church is this is, is because of our belief system. Amen. We believe in the power of the blood of Christ. We acknowledge everything else. It is called reality, but we hold. We, we have something else which we know is the truth. And therefore, we stand on that truth. And uh, we looked at it last week that our main prayer was that may the Lord teach us to change our thoughts. And uh, with regard to ourselves, in line with what his word says about each and every situation. Last week, we looked at two things. We looked in terms of our life. What does the word of God say about our life? Which most of the times is in complete contrast to what most of us believe about ourselves. I challenged us and I said, when you look at yourself, do you see anything good in your life? Do you believe that your life will turn out good? Things are going to be well with you. Things are going to be well with your children. Things are going to be well with your family. Or the thoughts you have about yourself are dependent on the circumstances and the situations you find yourself in today. Because for a lot of people, the thoughts that we have are really most of the times based on the situations we are going through. So if you look at the world right now, a lot of the thoughts that are going on in people's minds, in people's uh, hearts right now, really have to do with all this information that is going around uh, on social media. But then there's the truth, which is God's word. Amen? So, today I want us to look at something uh, different. Last week, I, I know that we also looked at health. What does the word of God say with regard to our health? And uh, I, I, I sent the message and the scriptures on um, the church WhatsApp group for the sake that in moments like this, we can go back to what the word of God is saying. Amen? And, and, and look at those scriptures and say, God, this is what your word says. And, and we put our trust on this word. We are not going to bend. We are not going to turn to the left or to the right. This is what your word says. And your word, God, is the truth. We stand on this word. Amen? So those scriptures are very crucial, are very important and it is my prayer that you're going to keep on reciting them and declaring them upon your lives, upon your children, upon your families, and upon everything else. Amen? The Lord is with us. But for today, I want us to go to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. 
And we are going to read verse 26. Then I'll proceed all the way into Galatians chapter 4. And I'll stop at verse 7. Galatians chapter 3. And I'll read verse 26. From there, I'll move on to Galatians chapter 4. And uh, I'll stop at verse number 7. The Bible says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed or Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed until the time appointed by the Father, even so we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba. Father, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. Now, in Israel, you actually call your father Abba. So, El Shaddai would actually call me my Abba. And my children will, be, will call me my Abba. And uh, I love it the way the Bible puts it in Galatians chapter 4. It says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. It's more or less like Father, Father. So you can actually say, this is my Abba. And uh, there is something else that is very crucial that I want us to think about this morning 
of what it means to be a son of God or a child of God. Because in chapter 3, he says, Now there is neither slave nor free, and there is neither Jew nor Greek, and there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And then if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And uh, if you are Abraham's seed, then you are heirs according to the promise. A few things that I want us to look at. The Bible is telling us that as children of God, we are joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean? It means that all the assets and all the estates that Christ has, these things are ours or so as much as they are his. It's, the Bible is basically telling us we own everything that Christ owns. We own everything that God owns. And, and the Bible in Psalm 24 verse 1 declares and says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. So everything that God owns, we own. Everything that he has is ours. When you talk about, when, when we talk about joint ownership and co-ownership, there are two different things. Because in co-ownership, it may mean that Pastor Sunga owns 60% of a stake and I own 40% of a stake, then we are co-owners. But when you talk about joint ownership, it means he owns 100% and I own 100%. Amen? So there are two different things. When it comes to Christ and us, it's not co-heirship. We are not co-heirs with him. We are joint heirs with him. Amen? We are sons of God. 100% as he is the son of God, we are 100% children of God. Hallelujah. There is no difference at all. And that's why Christ calls us my brother. And then the Bible says, then if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed. And if we are Abraham's seed, then we are heirs according to the promise. And, and, and this scripture, allow me to flow with this, what I'm, 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 I'm trying to point out to us this morning. You know what the Bible says when you go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 21. Paul, when he was writing to the church in Corinth, he says, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Hallelujah. All things are yours. Now, all things mean all things. All things are yours. They are not some things that God puts aside and says, these things are not yours, but only this is yours. The Bible says all things are yours. The day you and I became a Christian, that day when we became a Christian, we inherited something else that's very profound. We inherited a heritage 
of blessings, a heritage of prosperity, a heritage of success, a heritage of victories. All these things, we inherited them there and then, but I want us to understand one thing. We can only prosper through God's means. Hallelujah. We can only have victory through God. We can only attain these blessings through God. And we can only attain success through God. That means there has no demarcation at all. We have to be 100% sold out to what the Lord is saying. If we try to take shortcuts, and this is what I would like to say, shortcuts to anywhere in life, they will cut short your life and your destiny. Shortcuts. You don't dare to take a shortcut to anywhere worth going in life. Because you know what's going to happen? It will automatically cut short your life and cut short your destiny. There are certain principles that need to guide our lives. And as we saw last week about what the word of God says about health. What the word of God says about our lives. Today, I want us to look at something else very profound in God's word, and that is prosperity. And there's a reason why I want us to look at that. The very first question that I'll ask, even before we go ahead, is as we look at these scriptures that we are going to look at, my question to you is, can you be trusted? So, when I, we go through all the scriptures... I want you to take that thought. Can I be trusted? In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, the Bible says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get worth. And there is a reason why he does that. So actually, God, in his divine nature as God, and you and I being joined heirs with Christ, having 100% nature as children of God, the Bible says he has given us power to get what? Worth. So God actually wants you to get worth, and there's a reason why. The reason comes in, he says, that he may establish the covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So you look at the life of Isaac. It's amazing when you, later on we'll come to this scripture. In, in Genesis chapter 24, if I'm not wrong, the Bible begins to talk about Isaac. When everybody else is busy running away to Egypt because there is famine in the land that God had promised. And everybody's running away. Everybody's running away. Everybody's running away. The Lord appears to Isaac and says, but you're not going to Egypt, Isaac. You're going to stay in this land. And then, it's amazing because in the land where there is famine, God says, now you need to sow in this land. 
And the Bible says he sowed in that land. And when he sowed in that land, the guy begins to prosper, continues prospering until he becomes very prosperous. Why? He had to remember what God has said and, and take God at his word. And, and we need to be able to take God at his word and remember the Lord our God that when he begins to prosper us, when he begins to give us success, when he begins to give us victory, we have to remember that Lord, all this thing is because of you. Hallelujah. It is because of you. And I want this to know, we cannot get prosperous all by ourselves. Rather, we need to depend on God to give us the power to get worth. And I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures to show you what God had done throughout generations in scriptures and what he did with people. And those things, I am 100% sure and convinced God wants to do with us today. Amen? Number one, Exodus 12, 35 to 36. So the first thing you need to do is you have to remember the Lord your God. Amen? That's the very first thing. The Bible says, you shall remember the Lord your God. For he is the one that gives you the power to get the worth. So if you don't remember the Lord your God, then there's a problem somewhere there. You're going to face some challenges. You always have to remember the Lord your God. Hallelujah. And the reason why he is giving you the power to get worth. Why, what is the reason? That he should establish the covenant that he made with Abraham. That is, that's a reason why he is giving you the power to get worth. That you should know that the Lord established a covenant with Abraham and he wants me today as a descendant of Abraham that I walk in this earth for me to know that this God is a God who keeps his covenant. Exodus 12, 35, 36. This is what the word of God says. It says, now, the children of Israel had done, had done. What they had done. He says they had done according to the word of Moses. So it looks like there was something that Moses told them and after he told them, they didn't begin to think and like, okay, so Moses, this one, let's analyze it until we paralyze it. No, 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 no. Mo Moses, what are you saying? This is what I'm saying. Okay. And the Bible says they had done according to what Moses told them. So let's see what Moses told them. Let's carry on. He says, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, articles of clothing. It's me who has added the articles there. Okay? The Bible says, Moses told them. Now, I want you to understand this. They have been in slavery and these guys have been their masters for over 400 years, some of them were born as slaves. They never knew what it looks like to be a free person. But all they knew is that you are born in this world and you are an object. That's why I'm saying guard your heart. 
Because sometimes we need to be very careful. Where we were born from and understanding the situation we have in our land and in our nation. That not all of us are born from rich families but and well-to-do families. We have to struggle and struggle and struggle in life. And then later on, when we make it in life, it's very, very easy to forget the Lord. Amen? But you can also have the money and not enjoy it. Because your, your life and your mind is full of fear. Because you always go back to the time when you had nothing. That even trying to eat a sausage, you think it's sin. You understand what I'm saying? Because your mind is full of those things. So the Bible says, he told them, you go to these guys. They've been your masters all along. They have traumatized you all along. But right now, I want you to go to them and you ask for them. You ask them for articles of silver, articles of gold. You even go and ask them for clothing. So then verse 36 says, And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. It is only when you obey God's word and take action that the Lord gives you favor. You can stand in this church and say, I am favored. I am favored. But one simple step for you to do business. One simple step for you to do other things. I know Brother Gondwe was leading here and said, yeah, the economy is suffering. It's suffering for them, not for me. Amen? I will guard my heart. I'm going to say, you know what, Lord? They, you own cattle on a thousand hills. You know what, God? The silver is yours. The gold is yours. And Lord, your plans are to prosper me, to do me good, to give me a future, and you will do what you promise in your word. Is it going to be easy? No. Hallelujah. He says they went. It's only when they went to the Egyptians. And, and, and I can assure you, I, can, I, I do consultancies. If I just sit at home and not try to go meet people, I'm not going to get any single consultancy. And in the very first days of doing consultancies, it was hard. There were moments when I would walk in office and you're trying to meet the CEO, you're trying to meet someone else. It's the people at the reception who are sending you back. I remember one time I went and met the country director of an organization with their head of programs. When I was just one slide into the presentation, I was told, stop, we don't want that anymore. And I'm, dry, I'm saying, okay, but you could have just given me a chance to carry on and say, no, you, you stop. And I had to stop. The time I was walking there, it was as if I was naked. And I, it, it's, you know, when it's hot as this, you feel like this is June. But through that, the Lord began to give favor. The Lord began to give favor. The Lord began to give favor. Even if you go in business, I want you to understand and know. Yes, it may not be easy, but there is one thing that sets you apart from everybody else. is because you are under the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. So it says, because they went to Egyptians, God gave them favor. And then what, what happened? He says, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Now, why did God do this? 
It was for a very simple reason. They were now becoming an independent nation. And as an independent nation, they needed to have an independent economy. Hallelujah. So let us not just be saying, hey, we are a nation. I, I'm, my family and I, we, we call ourselves, we are a tribe, we are a clan, we will become a nation. But any nation has an economy. Amen? There, any nation has an economy. And you cannot be full of fear and not do things and go like, I oh, know I'm thinking uh, of doing this. You know, even if it means selling cassava, go and sell the cassava. Even if it means selling potatoes, go and sell the what? The potatoes. Do something. So that when the Lord, that's how the Lord is going to grant you the favor. If you expect that he's going to grant you favor whilst you are seated at home, that's not how it works. You have to do the thing that you are so afraid of. Hallelujah. I was sharing with uh, Pastor Sunga. Uh, I, 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 within the week. So I got a message on my phone within the week and this is from somebody else that I had gone to meet and talk to them about oh this is what I'm trying to do, this is what I'm trying to do, this is what I'm trying to do. It looked nothing was happening but you know what? The person eventually remembered. So he sent over to me a, 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 a fly about an investment support facility. And I posted it on the group of uh, some men. And nobody commented. So I was explaining to Pastor Sung. I said, I went to meet these guys. This is what they are saying. And, da, 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 da. and those guys, basically, they're saying, if you want funding, the minimum they can give is 500,000 US dollars, up to 5 million US dollars. And uh, I'm not going to go into economics, but it's both equity financing or debt financing or a breed of the two. And then they begin to explain and say, okay, whether it's to do with infrastructure, blah, 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 we're going to do this. And then they told me something at the end. They said, we deliberately not put it in the newspaper because we knew we were going to get a lot of applications. But we decided that we want to, to contact a few people who may tell other people because this port of money is going to grow to up 75 million dollars over the next two years. So, so I was sharing with Pastor Sunga and I said this is it. So last night I got in touch with somebody else who I knew had be, was looking for, for money for a long time. And the person told me at that time, he said, okay, if you help us get money, we'll pay you a finder's fee, and then we agreed all sorts of things and everything else. So then I, I sent it to him last night. I'm meeting him today at 2 o'clock, and tomorrow I'm leading him to go and meet these guys. And I say, Lord, but remember our agreement. You understand? That's how the Lord, the Lord gives you faith. He says, the worth, the worth of, of the people who are not righteous is stored up for the people who are what? Righteous. But even what I have said right now, already some of you are thinking, hey, I can't learn the number. Hey, what about that? No, 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 no. You know what? Go and try it. And if you see that you can't proceed with it, then you go another route. But you cannot just sit. You need to do what? Something. The Lord wants to establish the covenant that he made with Abraham. 
Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 2. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently, and I want you to take note of that word. Diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Diligently. It says, do you see a man who is diligent? He shall sit with kings. He shall not stand before an unknown man. We have stood before an unknown man for a long time. And it's time that we sit with kings. And the Bible says, now it shall come to pass. What does it mean it shall come to pass? It shall come to pass means, zizachitika. And what is it that the Bible says? It says, if you diligently, diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. That's one thing that God wants you to do, to happen in your life. You don't need to be a mafia for that to happen in your life. The Bible says, I will set you high above all the nations of the earth. You know what? You can be known that you, by your name, from this nation called Malawi, where people think nothing good exists in this land, that God can lift you up above all the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. And then he says, and all these blessings shall come upon you. And they shall not only come, but they shall overtake you. It says, why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Do you want to prosper? Obey the voice of the Lord your God. Number one. Number two, remember the Lord. Number three, the other thing that we just talked about not long ago. Go. It's only in going that the Lord is going to give you favor. Hallelujah. So then from there, in verse 3, he begins to say, Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be your livestock. Blessed shall be your basket. Blessed shall be your cattle. Blessed shall be this. Blessed shall be this. You shall be head, uh, you shall be above only and not beneath. You shall be the head and you shall not be, you shall not be the tail. And he says, one simple thing. You have obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 29.9 Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them. Keep the words of this covenant and do them. God made a covenant with Abraham and he says you keep those words of the covenant and then you do those words of the covenant. He says that you may prosper in all that you do. You see that's God wants to do in our lives. That we prosper in all that we do. In our jobs, in our families, in our farming, in everything. Hallelujah. It says that you may prosper in all you do. You keep these words of the covenant. You hold on to these words. Does it mean if you don't hold on to these words... Does it mean if you don't remember the Lord your God? Does it mean that if you don't go? Does it mean that if you, if you don't diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, you will, not be, you will not prosper? Other people still prosper. But it's a kind of prosperity that brings sorrow. It's a kind of prosperity that you look over your shoulders. Who is watching me? What are they saying? But when the Lord grants you favor, it's amazing what the Lord does. He begins to fight on your behalf. He says, 
You do these words. You remember these words. You keep these words of the covenant. Joshua 1.8 The book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all, according to all, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You can actually see that the Lord wants you to have good success. The Lord wants you to become very prosperous, make your way prosperous. But he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I want you to understand, church, you can be rich and you can also be righteous. Hallelujah. You can actually be rich and righteous. Let us not stop thinking that the people who are wealthy and the people who are righteous is because they did satanic worship. We don't worship Satan. The funny thing is that everything that God does, Satan brings in a counterfeit. But the Bible says, meditate on this word. And you know, if you meditate on God's word day and night, your dreams, your thoughts, the way you do things, you always be asking yourself, what is the Lord saying about this? Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him. So we have talked about keep the words, do the words. Now it says you obey the words. And then they brings in something else. He said, if they obey and serve him. Brothers and sisters, service to the Lord, service to the work of God is not in vain. Amen? It's not in vain. He says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. If they obey and serve him, you obey the Lord. You serve the Lord. The Bible, one guarantee, one guarantee says you shall spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. What do you need to do? You obey and you serve the Lord. So you have to ask yourself, how am I serving God? How am I serving God? Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3, blessed is the man. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly? Who gives you counsel? What kind of counsel do you attack? It says, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Joshua 1.8, we read. It says, he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall what? Shall prosper. So it matters who speaks into your life. It matters who do you get counsel from. So if you know Brother Gondwen Gondre is going to give me this kind of counsel. And the counsel is in line with the word of God. You don't need to run away. Because if you run away, the devil is going to dupe you of your blessing. It says, be careful about the kind of counsel you are walking in. 
Who is giving you counsel? Be careful about the people you are standing with. Are they sinners or not? Be careful about the people you are sitting with. Are they scornful or not? So it says, if you avoid the scornful and you avoid the sinners and you make sure you're not standing in the path of sinners, you're not sitting in the seat of the scornful, you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, the Bible says you shall be blessed. And the reason is very simple. Because your delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, you begin to meditate day and night. Psalm 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his sense. There is no want to those who fear him. There is no want to those who fear him. Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure. In the prosperity of his servant. No wonder Job 36, 11 says, if they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Why are they spending their years in pleasures? Because the Lord has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Amen? The Lord has pleasure in that. The Lord glories in that. The Lord rejoices in that. Psalm 37, 18 to 19 and 25 says, The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. One of the things that God doesn't want to see happen in your life is that your descendants begin to go around begging bread. He doesn't want. Amen? And he says, you shall not be ashamed in the evil time. It means the evil time will come, but you shall not be ashamed. It means the days of famine will come, but you will always be satisfied. He says, why? Because the Lord, the Lord knows the upright. He knows the days of the upright. You know what? The Lord knows your days. Hallelujah. The Lord knows your days. And he says your inheritance will not go bankrupt. Your inheritance is going to be repossessed by someone else. He says your inheritance shall be forever. And when God speaks those kind of things, it's true. You know William Colgate... William Colgate, I've shared with you that William Colgate was a believer. And William Colgate, by the time he was dying, he was giving 80% tithe. And you can say, yeah, he could afford, but he started from 10%. And as the Lord was blessing him, giving 80% of a tithe wasn't an issue. And to this day, a lot of you this morning, you have brushed your teeth. And I can guarantee a lot of you, you didn't use Pepsodent. You used to call get. That's their inheritance shall be what? Forever. You check about Haynes. Those guys were believers. Amen? And their inheritance is for forever. I've shared in this house about uh, Jonathan Edwards. Their inheritance is for forever. We have talked about Abraham. Whether people like it or not. I laughed last week when Iran was saying, 
okay, we cannot get anything else from Israel, but once they get this vaccine for coronavirus, this one we will get. I'm like, ah, uh-uh. ah, how? You know, they are blessed. Hallelujah. They may say we don't believe in the God of our fathers, but he's a God who keeps his covenant. Job 1 verse 1 to 3. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was blameless. And that man was upright. Now the Bible told, or told us earlier on in, in Psalm 37, 18, he says, the Lord knows the days of the upright. And the Bible tells us that Job was what? Upright. That means God knew the days of Job. Hallelujah. It says, and one who feared God, one who shunned evil. He did not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He did not stand in this, uh, in the, in, in the, in the path of sinners. He didn't sit in the seat of the scornful. He shunned evil. And then the Bible says, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. The devil comes in. Does whatever he does with the life of Job. By the time you go to Job chapter 42, God gives him double. Now, I was doing some research this week and the other week as well. And this is what the research showed me. This is just on animal prices alone. He says, on animal prices alone, Job's worth would be $56 million today. And he would need about 8,300 acres of land to feed those animals. And the person who did that research says, uh, those 8,300 acres of land would cost about $2.2 million. And I tried to convert it to Malawi Kwacha. That is about $44 billion dollars just in animal prices alone and in the land. And you remember there was a time I was saying, guys, brothers and sisters, let's get land. There was a time when we preached in this church, go buy chickens, go buy goats, go buy sheep, go buy cattle. And the Bible is saying about Job, he says, this is what it is. But now, when you go to Job chapter 19.25, and I want you to see the heart of Job. In Job chapter 19.25, Job says, he is undergoing through all these things. In 25 of Job chapter 19, he says, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And he shall stand at last on earth. Verse 26. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. You begin to see a man whose focus wasn't the worth. His focus was God. Hallelujah. Amen. The focus for Job was God. That's his focus. And he says, I know my redeemer lives. 
You may say I have 44 billion worth of wealth in animal prices and land. It may be true, but you know what? One thing I know is that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. So even if my skin is destroyed, one thing I know is that in my flesh, I shall see God. Amazingly, when you look at Abraham, James chapter 2.23 calls Abraham a friend of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, when Jehoshaphat was speaking to God, he says, are we not the descendants of Abraham, your friend? But this friend of God, in Genesis 13 verse 2, the Bible begins to describe Abraham as rich in God, rich in silver, and cattle. And then, as Abraham continues to profess his faith in the Lord, his possessions even become greater. To the point that in Genesis 24 verse 1, it said that God continued to bless him in many ways. You being a friend of God does not dupe you of your inheritance. Actually, the Lord begins to defend that which belongs to you. Hallelujah. He begins to defend. A friend of ours, uh, the other day, I went to his house and I was shocked, eh? He went and bought a lot of plastic bags from Sana. And he, he planted groundnuts in all his yard in plastic bags. And then he planted a lot of tomato in uh, plastic bags in his yard. And then he started, re- uh, he, he, he started uh, having these local chickens to, re- to, to lay eggs. The first time I went to their house, I said, ah, right now we are doing only one tray per day. A few weeks ago, I went to their house. He says, now we are doing more than eight per day. And they took two trays of eggs and gave me. Amen? And I was like, what? And he says, you know, that tomato I planted in the yard, I sold it for not less than four million. He plastic bags, he just planted in his yard. He went sana, plastic bags, planted tomato all over in his yard. All of his yard. You drive in, the place you had was only where you would park the cars. But everywhere else were granites. So even this granites that we are eating today, that people are selling on the street, he was selling his before this one was on the street. And when I went to his house two weeks ago, He has planted tomato again and he says this tomato is for June because I know in June there will be scarcity of tomato on the market. And now when that person has been blessed, are you going to say, ah, this one's satanic? What have you planted in your yard? What are you doing with those plastic? Can't you go and get plastic bags and plant tomatoes? Can't 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 you do that? And plant some tomatoes and plant some granites. And he has, and then he has got a bit of a yard, one part, he has planted 20 shrubs of bananas. He says, I and these ones are 
uh, disease resistant. I went to such such a research. And you know, within next year, these bananas will eventually begin to give whatever, what, whatever you call it. What? Saka, saka, what are suckers? Okay, so those ones, are, those ones, those ones have already started, but I want the fruit. What do you call it? Fruit. Flower. It will flower and then it, will, it says next year I'll start harvesting bananas. And he can see it. And he's doing it in his yard. He's doing it in his yard. Amen? That's how the Lord bless. And he says, for Abraham, he says, and God continued to bless him in all his ways. Isaac, Abraham's son, was blessed with wealth. And during the time of famine, the Bible says Isaac continued to live a prosperous life. Genesis 26, it was not 24. Genesis 26, 12 to 14, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. You shouldn't be us envying them. They have to be the ones envying us. Because there are some plastic bags of tomatoes that we have planted in our yards. These are practical things we can do. Amen? I was talking to a brother in church. He says, no, we have put a shed outside of our house now. We are selling Irish potatoes. Amen? You need to do things like those. Hallelujah. It came to a point for Isaac when he was forced to leave his land. But even in the face of uncertainty, James, uh, Genesis 26, 17 to 32, I'm not going to read that. It says that Isaac continued to receive blessings no matter where he went. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 28, says of this concerning David, it says, so he died in a good old age full of days and riches and honor, and Solomon his son reigned in his place. Full of days, full of riches, full of honor. Hallelujah. Psalm 66, verse 12. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to reach fulfillment. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand, they may ride over our heads. We may go through fire. We may go through water. But there is an end point. And the end point is that the Lord will bring us to a place of rich fulfillment. Psalm 66 verse 12. Psalm 68 verse 6 and 19. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation. Seller. Psalm 112 verse 1 to 3. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Worth and riches will be in his house.
Hallelujah. The generation of the uprights will be what? Blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his arms. And then he says, and his righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. Psalm 118 verse 25. Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Proverbs 8.21 That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. That I may fill their treasuries. And I love that one because it's not just talking about secretary to the treasury concerning government. We as children of God, the Bible says, I want to fill your treasuries. That in our own right, we can be secretary to the treasury. Hallelujah. But you need to have a total shift of thinking for that to happen. Proverbs 10, 16 and 22. The labor of the righteous, the labor, the labor. Everybody say labor. 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 He says the labor of the righteous leads to life. The wages of the wicked to sin. The labor of the righteous leads to life. The wages of the wicked to sin. And then he says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's 22. Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is sold up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Don't say I'm only a child now. You will have children, children one day. So what are you doing to prepare for them? Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Ecclesiastes 5, 19. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it. You remember I said this earlier on. I said when the Lord gives you the riches and gives you the, uh, the, the wealth, the Lord also gives you something else. He gives you power to eat of it. It says power to eat of it. it says to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. Then the last part of that scripture says, this is the gift of God. Hallelujah. This is the gift of God. Ecclesiastes 5.19 As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him the power to eat of it, to receive blessing, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. He says, this is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 1.19 as we begin to go towards the end. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah 45, 2-3 I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Verse 3. Listen to verse 3. And I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. So, what the Bible is saying there is that in the dark places, 
their treasures there. And God says, I want to give them to you. And then I love the next part. He says, there are riches, but these riches are hidden. And where they are hidden is a secret place. And God says, I want to give it to you. I want to give this to you. And then he gives the reason why he has to go to that extent. He says, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Last week I showed you a scripture whereby the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, he says, even before I was formed in my mother's womb, you already made me you already mentioned me by my name. And I, I, I told the Jehovah service, I explained it, I know, in the English service. But I said, you know what? For you to be called Sunganani, it's not that your parents, your father and mother said, we are calling this child Sunganani. No, 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 no. The Lord already knew you are going to be called Sunganani. And that's why when they begin to say Sunga, Sunga, somehow you begin to respond to that name. Because the Lord already called you by that name. Hallelujah. And the Bible here is saying that, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, I am the Lord God of Israel. Hallelujah. Isaiah 48, 17. That says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Haggai chapter 2, 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Mark 10, 28 to 30. And Peter began to say to him, See, Lord, we have left all and followed you. I think Peter was concerned. He says, we have left everything else. I left that. We have left all and followed you. And then look at the answer of Jesus. Verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's sake, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this life, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Says there is no one who shall not receive that. A hundredfold. Lands and houses and brothers. So when you begin to inherit things that you didn't pay for, that's a Lord's plan. Luke 6.38 Give and it shall be given to you. Now you see where it is going now. Give and it shall be what? Given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. Will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Romans 8.32 he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Second Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Third John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Leviticus 27.30 And all the time of the land, whether of the seed of the land, of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now you can actually see that when we talk about tithing, it's not only about money. Amen? It's not only about money. It says, the tithe or the seed of the land. No wonder when we were in CCP, we were doing Zamasik. We used to sing that song. And then we would take Maungu. We would take Chimanga. And we would bring them in. We didn't understand at that time. But now we know that the Bible says the tithe of the seed of the land is mine. The tithe of the fruit of the tree is mine. Amen? It says it's mine. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. First fruits of your increase. So your bands will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Last scripture. Malachi 3, 10 to 12. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You know what, church? Why have I read all these scriptures? I'm trying to prove to you one thing. That God has thought of us of Days of old that we have to prosper. Amen? And if we don't prosper, it's not his problem. It's that we miss out something. And each of these scriptures I've read to you, there is a principle there to follow. Including tithing. Including giving. Including obeying God's voice. Including being upright and getting right counsel and not standing in the path of sinners and not sitting in the seat of the scornful, including meditating on God's word day and night, including going out because that's when the favor comes. That's when the prosperity comes. He who holds the future knew you way, way, way before you were born and destined you for greatness. Hallelujah. You read about Abraham. God didn't choose Abraham because Abraham was perfect. Abraham wasn't perfect. 
But God chose Abraham because God knew that Abraham could be used to accomplish God's purpose. To establish a nation of people dedicated to following God and not the pagan gods of that day. And in this day, if you and I make a decision that we will, God will give ourselves to obey and save you and ensure that your purposes are established on this planet and we are establishing a nation that is dedicated to following you, God would do exactly what he did with Abraham. Hallelujah. We have an inheritance. We have a birthright of prosperity. But it requires an equal obedience. An equal faith in God. And it requires an equal boldness. You do that. You'll be amazed what the Lord will do. Would the times be easy? No, they'll not be easy. But you know what? The Lord will fight on your behalf. It is God's purpose and God's desire to prosper you, to do you well. And I hope that out of our, out of our message today, you go out today, you go back home today. If they say no movement, at least your potatoes in plastics will be glowing. Your tomatoes in plastics will be growing. Your groundnuts in plastics will be growing. I've told you a secret. There will be a need of tomato in June. Yes, do the flowers. But also plant some tomato in plastic. And the Lord will bless you. And then you come and testify and say, The tomato I sowed because of the favor of the Lord. I got four million. And you know, you can do quite a lot with four million. Eh? It's not small money. You can sell a goat. You can sell a chicken. May you come and say, ah, you shared about somebody started with just one tray of egg per week. But now they are doing eight per day. You can do it. Hallelujah. And I pray that the Lord will help us to guard our hearts. That will not join the bandwagon of saying, hey, the times are hard. The times are After we have complained and complained, we yield nothing. Hallelujah. Let us be a people that have got an equal obedience, an equal faith in God, and an equal boldness to do that which God has declared in his word. May the Lord bless us. Amen? Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we have gone through your word, scripture by scripture, and not necessarily even preaching them through, but just reading this word And seeing things that you declared in your word. One of the things you say God is that you want us to prosper. Even as our health prospers. And even as our soul prospers. I pray in Jesus name. That out of this sermon today. We become a people. That live this service. And God do something. May you bless the works of our hands. May you give us a heart of an equal obedience, an equal faith in you, and an equal boldness to obey your word, to serve you, to desire to be upright. Even after we've gone through fire and through the waters, 
you bring us to a place of rich fulfillment. We give you glory, we give you praise. And help us that God will guide our hearts to the things that we hear. That we can hear whatever we hear. And we say, yes, that's reality. But we stand on the truth that's in God's word. And you watch over your word to fulfill it. Your word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Be glorified. Be exalted. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if uh, anyone else brought a tithe this morning. If you brought a tithe, please just stand. I want to pray for you. It's part and parcel of obeying. Amen. Let's just do that. Let's just do that. You see what the Lord will do in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we want to thank you. We want to bless your holy name. You command in your word that bring all the tithes to the storehouses. That there may be food in the house. And you say, you try me now in this. These, your children, are saying in their hearts, are you not God in heaven? Are you not God on earth? And according to your word, we come, we bring a tithe. We try you in this, O God. And Father, you say, see if I will not open for you windows of heaven. I pray, open the windows of heaven upon their lives. Pour out for them such a blessing that there will not be room enough for them to receive that blessing. Rebuke the devourer for their sake. That he, the devourer, will not destroy their fruit of the ground. Nor shall the vine in their lives fail to bear fruit in the field. I pray in Jesus' name they will not suffer miscarriage of any sort. Let the nations call them blessed. Let them be a delightful, a delight before you, O God. And let their land be delightful. Be glorified and be exalted for these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our offering. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we bring the offering before you. Your word says give and it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Your word says, will men give to our bosom? And, and, and he said, for with the measure that you give, the same measure will be measured back to you. And we pray in Jesus' name that you teach us to be givers. It pays to be a giver. And I pray in Jesus name. That this will be our attitude. To be givers. Even in the times of famine. But we are givers. It's just part of us. It's part of our nature. To be givers. And I pray in Jesus name. As we take on this attitude. Lord may we walk in the riches. Of Christ. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you that you knew us before we were born and destined us for greatness. We bless you. We worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's have the praise team and then we'll have announcements and close the service.
Hallelujah. I'd encourage all of us to stand and we sing this song together. It's uh, hymn number 114. Chita njani kundieleta. Chita njani kundieleta. Mazwa muye. Yesu. Chia nichi. Chindi, yeah. Red top, 